Hey everyone, and welcome to the Berry Good Podcast with Kara Berry. As you can tell, I finally have my voice back. I feel great, and I'm in a good mood because of it. <laughs> Actually, the weather here in New York is really awesome too, so no complaints other than the current presidential administration. But I digress. We're going to a happier place. <laughs> um, this week was Hometowns on The Bachelorette, and... Uh, it was kind of, it was interesting. This is my first hometown episode. Um, and I think I like this format of the episode a little bit better than previous because it was pretty straightforward. She just went and met one guy after the other and there wasn't a whole lot of back and forth between, you know, the different contestants because they didn't see each other really. And so it was just like a really straightforward episode, so I'm going to go through it just like that. Um, We start off meeting Eric in Baltimore. Um, He tells her that the place that they're meeting is in the nice part of town, which is not where he grew up. Um, And then he, they take, they go rather to um, his side of town. (laughs) Of course, it was like a very typical, I mean, I'm sure he probably did play basketball, but it was like, Hey, I'm going to take you to the mean streets of Baltimore. We're going to go shoot hoops. And then I'm going to talk to you about my life. <laughs> it was just like really after school special, I thought. But um, his friend stops by as they're playing basketball. And he says that, you know, he's never met a girlfriend of his. His friend is really cool and he's like super down to earth. Um, you know, he just kind of tells Rachel what Eric was like growing up and and uh, just he's ready to like you know take steps forward and find a, a permanent relationship, a marriage, and yeah, the guy was like really nice guy, and you could see that um, Eric was really in his element, uh, even more so. I think with every episode passing, I think he's been more sure of himself, and it makes more of his personality come out, and you could see. When he's with his friends and family, he was like a lot lighter, a lot happier. And it was, it was nice to see because I wasn't super into Eric, um, prior to this, but yeah, this really changed my mind. Um, he sits down to Rachel before he, they go to meet his family and he tells her that, um, you know, because of how he grew up, he grew up very independent and, you know, he's parents were around but they were divorced and um just that because of that he really had to kind of just be on his own and he never really had somebody to help him in life in terms of being vulnerable and having somebody to lean on and that this is like what he needs now um as an adult and um I don't know you can see that Rachel is getting a little bit nervous, uh, definitely about meeting the family and she's starting to feel a little bit pressure maybe cause she's feeling like he really needs somebody that is vulnerable. And she said that, you know, that's not the easiest thing for her. So maybe she's feeling a little bit anxious, I guess. Um, <laughs> we go to meet Eric's family and they're like, very typical black family. It was so nice to see. As soon as they open the door, they're like, hey, and they're yelling and singing and they're just like full of life. And it was just like really, I don't know, it kind of 
I don't know. There was a familiarity to that that I found really comforting to see on TV. Um, um, everybody in his family, it seemed like they were mostly women and they were all gorgeous. It was like unbelievable. They were all just like beautifully maintained women, their skin and they were wearing these bright colors and they looked so pretty. And it was like, gosh, he's like a really good looking, comes from a really good looking family. Um, I guess he's close with his aunt Vern and she takes Rachel aside and, you know, her first question right out of the gate was like how she dealt with the racial aspect of being on the show with being the first black bachelorette. And Rachel did tell her that like, you know, in a sense that she knew that people were looking at her and she was sort of getting pressure from both sides of the coin with regards to, you know, who she picked and who she clicked with. And she knew that people were really watching her and were really judging her. But ultimately that wasn't really, you know, she said that she was going to make the best decision for her and, you know, whatever happens, happens. She's not going to be any different, you know, on TV as she would be in real life. And, you know, I, I thought that was good. Um, they haven't really touched on race as much on the show as I kind of thought they would. And they seem to be talking about it a little bit more as the show comes to an end. Um, but I think that was a a smart decision to not make it all about race. And I think, you know, but I think there are some things that we do need to acknowledge and like how we love or not how we love, but who we choose to love. I think is um, something that people feel like they can have an opinion on or that they know it all. And so I, I, you know, I I appreciate that they acknowledge this part, especially, um, you know, because Eric is the last black guy left. So I, I, I like that she spoke to another black woman about that. I think it was a, a good scene to have. Um, she then asks his aunt Vern if she thinks that Eric is ready. And he's, she says, definitely. Um, yeah, that he's just like a really good guy. He's got a good head on his shoulders and like, he's ready to take the next step. Um, at the same time, Eric's talking to his mom and they're kind of talking about how he grew up in the past and how I guess he felt a little bit abandoned by her because, um, I don't know. He, he seems to have a big issue with being vulnerable. And I feel like he felt like he had been put in positions growing up where he couldn't be that. Um, and his mom says that she wanted him to be an independent guy and um, that the men in the family were successful, but they were also really dependent on their mothers and that she didn't want him to be like that. Um and that ultimately, even if he felt alone at times, that she felt like she was doing him a better service in the, in the long run. Um, so then finally, we get a talk between uh, Eric's mom named Karen and Rachel. Um, she tells his mom that Eric really challenges her and that they bring out the best in each other. Um... I don't know if this is like something that happens, but I guess there are probably things that we don't see on TV in terms of them 
you know, connecting and having conversations. And, you know, obviously you can't air everything. So it's sort of interesting to me that she feels so strongly about him because, um, I don't know. I just haven't seen that deep of a connection out of them really, or any guy except for Peter. So yeah, it was, it was sort of interesting for her to say, um, but I will say that I think kind of out of all the guys, she seems maybe the least interested in Eric. Um, but, you know, that remains, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, he's still there. Um, so Eric and Rachel have uh, dinner with his family. And during the dinner, Eric makes a toast. And so he says that he's not running from love anymore. And he makes a toast to Rachel. And yeah, I think his family seemed like a really nice, you know, just a normal family. And they seem to have like a good, um, relationship with everybody. Um, so after dinner, he takes Rachel outside and he tells her he really loves her. But what he says is that he said, I, I really love you, but let me tell you what that means. It means I care for you, which doesn't, quite sound like <laughs> romantic love. Um, I don't know. It's, it seemed like an odd ca caveat to make when you tell somebody that you love them to define exactly what it means to say that you love them. I don't know. It, it seemed a little bit like, I love you, but what I really mean is that I like you. <laughs> So I don't know. It was it was kind of a weird exchange, and Rachel picked up on that as well. Um, but you know, even though she says that she was a little bit um, confused by what he meant by that, um, she does say that she's really falling for him. And yeah, it was, it was uh, a nice little at home reunion with his family and friends, and that was it for. Eric and Baltimore. All right. Next we have Rachel jetting off to Miami and we're going to meet Brian. And I wish that I had put money on him saying Bienvenido a Miami when she got there. I knew he was going to say it. I would have put my whole life on him telling her that as soon as she sat down and she did. Ugh. I want my money. I'm really upset about that. <laughs> He's so corny. Oh my God. Um, so they rush off to this like place where all uh, the locals play dominoes and, um, you know, he tells her that he wants to tell, to show her the real Miami and they go to Calle Ocho, which is eighth street. Um, and they go salsa dancing, which is Brian Cuban or something. I don't know that I was very disappointed <laughs> in his salsa dancing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, before they go to meet his parents, he tells her, you know, just a little bit about them. He says that their relationship is very much an opposite to track situation. And that while his dad is like very charismatic and nice his mom is really more fiery and very protective of him um as we've seen in other episodes brian did mention that he had a girlfriend once and they had taken an international trip 
for a wedding and after the wedding they broke up he claimed that his mother had a little bit to do with it but um once they got there he sort of backtracked and said it was really more the girl that it wasn't gonna work but his mom was very much um protective of him and and the people that he dates and potentially wants to marry um as soon as you as soon as they walk into his parents house you could tell that um his mom is really nervous and by nervous I mean kind of like unhinged I mean I understand that maybe it's very awkward to have a whole camera crew in your house and you're meeting your only son's girlfriend potentially fiance and wife but (laughs) they really painted a picture of her being like kind of a creepy maybe a creepy is not the word but um just sort of she she had all her eyes akimbo on Rachel that was for sure and she was not trying to play any games and not mince words and not make it seem like she was going to be this nice woman like she's letting you know this is this is what's going down and uh yeah <laughs> um his mom asks Brian what it is that she sees and excuse me rather that he sees in Rachel um because (laughs) his mom totally uh dogged him out here said you've been with so many women and it just doesn't make sense to me why you're moving so fast with this one so like what is it that you see in her um and I don't think we really got like a definitive answer maybe I wasn't paying attention because I feel like Brian is a a plus bullshitter and I just know that whatever is going to come out of his mouth when the cameras are on is going to be BS. <laughs> um, uh, so then after that, the mom sits down with Rachel and she also asks her what, you know, Rachel sees in Brian and she tells his mom that she's never had anybody treat her the way Brian does. Um, and I believe that because I feel like guys in the past have probably been real with her. And like I said before, Brian is a bullshitter like I've never seen before. And it's just, it's unfortunate that he's gotten so far in the competition because I think everybody sees it. Everybody sees that he just says what he thinks she wants to hear. And it's been working. I don't know. But uh, his mom tells Rachel that you know, this is a situation that, like, if you marry, um, Brian, you're marrying the whole family, and that's just gonna be what it is, like, if you guys get along, that's great, and if not, she said that she will kill Rachel, (laughs) and I'm, I'm inclined to believe that, I think it's, she's probably, uh, on the safe side, walking a fine line with Brian's mom, Um, After that, she starts getting kind of, like, emotional, and uh, she says in the interview that she, you know, she wants somebody to have Brian, she wants somebody good for Brian, because when she and her husband, his father, passed away, she wants somebody to be able to take care of him, and she really started getting emotional, and I kind of felt bad, but... I don't know. I mean, we've all we've all seen those mothers that are like ride or die for their sons. And 
sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't but I think Brian is gonna have a little bit of a, a hard road to <laughs> to uh, tow in the future with regards to her she needs to really uh, chill out a bit <laughs> but yeah that was uh, that was about it I mean Brian has told her before that he loves her but he just tells her again and they you know that that was the day I think she was pretty pleased with that meeting and you know it, it was fine I really wanted to see more of his dad he said he was so chill and he looked really cute but they didn't really talk to him maybe he doesn't speak English that well but um yeah it, it was interesting to see Brian in his element because of how he operates on the show and to see him with his family where like you can't really escape that it was it was kind of interesting but it seemed like mostly his situation was his mom it, you know take that with whatever I don't I don't think I see Rachel and Brian together ultimately so it was a good warning for any future girlfriends that uh Brian cares to have <laughs> and uh yeah that was it for us in Miami Finally, we're off to lovely Madison, Wisconsin, a place that I would have never thought I had ever had any desire to go to until now because my love, Peter, lives there. <laughs> um, of course, he, like, the first thing they do is walk around this farmer's market and he says that he goes there every weekend and just, of course, he does. Like, of course, perfect, beautiful Peter goes to the farmer's market every week and probably picks flowers and gets like artisanal fresh bread and fresh eggs and uh, I just I want to be there with you Peter I want to be there with you <laughs> um everything about Peter was basically what you would expect um she Rachel is obviously really excited to see Peter but she says that you know, he seems to really have a wall up and she's hoping that this hometown situation uh, is going to provide better answers to that. Um, after the farmer's market, they go to this bar where his friends come and, uh, you know, he says that his friends are very important to him and they're an extension of his family and so that he wanted to, uh, you know, have that interaction so that he could see, like, if you're not going to gel with my friends, like, it's not going to work. So, you know, let's see. Um, <clears throat> after they chit-chat for a little while, the guys and the girls separate, and he tells the guys that he really likes her up, excuse me, she really likes her a lot, but, um, he's afraid of, you know, taking the relationship on dry land, so to speak. He's, um, concerned about how it's going to work in real life and you know he says this is like a total fantasy situation but like I really want to see you know what this girl's like if we're living together and sleeping together and like what our day-to-day -day life is going to be like um and you know he notes that it's only a couple weeks to go and if he's going to be potentially proposing to her like he really wants to make sure that everything feels right um the guys were really good with him um he seemed to have a good rapport and he said that in, in terms of 
their thoughts that like he just needed to go ahead and do it because they had a good relationship and you know they saw the spark between them um so after that they go to meet his family and it was just everything you could expect um you know his family has this really cute craftsman house his mom has her Kate Gosselin haircut and it's just like very Midwestern. I was loving every second of it. Um, his sister uh, says that she feels that he's ready for marriage and that she just hopes that like, you know, she says that he too has walls up and that they hope they will fall. I just want to tell you guys that, um, side note, I am not alive anymore because my current time of death was whatever point in that episode where Peter had his niece in his lap and was like playing with her and being really sweet. I just, I couldn't take it. My ovaries exploded. My heart exploded. Every ounce of humanity that I had within me just was like a rush of just like, I would like to (laughs) procreate with this man. He's so cute. And there's nothing cuter than seeing a guy with uh, especially a little girl and like being so sweet with her it just uh, it killed me it just killed me (laughs) but anyway um peter talks to his mom and he tells her that he's you know afraid that when the time comes his wall is going to be up in terms of rachel and that he'll miss his chance and he's just concerned that like his concerns are going to end up being you know, a, a, a stumbling block for him in terms of his relationship with her. Um, Rachel talks to his mom and she asks him, excuse me, asks his mom if um, she feels like he's emotionally ready for marriage. And she says that she's definitely thinks that he's ready for kids and to have that commitment and that life, but maybe not necessarily marriage, which was like, I mean, thanks for being honest, Mom, but maybe don't be so honest. Um, maybe he wanted her to plant the seed. I don't know. Um, Rachel, you know, obviously this is a red flag for her. And she says that, um, you know, at the end of this, she doesn't want to have a boyfriend. She really wants somebody to get down on their knees and propose to her and to have that marriage. And, um, yeah, after that, they end up... Uh, you know, just separate, not separating, but um, separating from his family and having a little one-on-one talk. And uh, he tells Rachel that after, you know, he met, after she met his family and friends, he was feeling like really happy and that he really saw that she could fit well into his life. And, um, uh, you know, he, he said he doesn't really know what it'll take to get to that next step, but that he, you know, he's really liking her. Um, he did not say I love you, um, like the other two guys, and actually Dean said it too, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, I think he's smart. He plays the game like I think I probably would if I were in his position, um, you know, he doesn't want to put himself out there. He recognizes that this is a show, and that there's like a total fantasy element to it. And if things are going to be real, he really needs them to be real. 
And, uh, yeah, I, I totally understand his hesitance in that situation. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for Peter this week, unfortunately. See you, boo. (laughs) Well, 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 this was the moment I think that we had all been waiting for since we saw, uh, Dean's dad in his purple turban and, uh, tunic yesterday, uh, last week, um, Finally, Rachel is in Colorado to meet Dean. Um, First they go ATV riding, and she says that over the process of this season, he's been sort of a beautiful beautiful surprise. And I think that, you know, I I can't help but agree with that because I really thought his, like, I'm ready to go black and not go back comment was initially super corny and I was not interested at all but like he has proven himself to be kind of a decent guy and he seems you know he seems to have a depth to him but he also seems to try and keep things light in his uh day to day um he's always laughing and he's just really cute I really like Dean um but anyway after you know after that she says that they're they're similar in kind of the way that they express their emotions. She has said in the past that she's been, uh, you know, really not willing to be vulnerable. Um, especially last season with, uh, Nick, I think his name was, uh, uh, yeah. And yeah, it's sort of interesting that we get into this whole situation with emotions when it comes to Dean in this episode. Um, after the ATV ride, Dean, you know, tries to reiterate to her, like, listen, I'm not close to my family. This is going to be the first time that my family's all been under one roof in the, in, since, you know, eight years ago. And he tells Rachel that his dad, um, you know, since his mother's passing, his dad really kind of went on his own path and he's really been sort of forced to raise himself since he's been 15 um and that his father is now a kundalini yoga guy but also a Sikh um and she asks about their relationship and you know she asks him if he had ever if Dean had ever reached out to you know his father to sort of repair their relationship and he asks kind of a good question. Is He asks, you know, why does he need to be the one to put forth the effort? He was the child. And, you know, his mom passed away when he was 15. So he felt like, you know, his dad really should have been the one who was putting himself out there in terms of, like, taking care of his child. And I, and I agree with that. But, um, you know, it sets the tone for being immediately awkward. Um, and I think... Rachel was sort of pushing him to, I don't know, to, um, sort of repair their relationship. I I think she maybe wasn't understanding how deep those feelings went. Um, so they go and meet his father and they're all sitting on the floor and, and Dean is like, you can just tell he's, he's so over it already. And, but his, dad and his stepmom are being really nice and his dad gives them feathers and says that like their mom is there with them and 
you know, Rachel's eating it up, but you can see that Dean is clearly annoyed and that he thinks his family, especially his father, is being really fake and really sweet to her. And but that's not like the reality of their situation and of their relationship. Um, uh, Dean's sister goes and talks to Rachel and she says that like, you know, through, since their mother's passing, Dean has been super, super strong throughout this. And, you know, he has been the strongest out of all of them. And he's really taken this whole situation in stride, but like their relationship between the whole family is really strained, especially between he and his father. And she says that the family needs to get through their past issues and, you know, sort of move forward. And she gets a little bit emotional and so does Rachel actually. Um, so as Rachel is talking to his sister, Dean is confronting his father about their relationship and how after his mom passed, everything kind of, you know, completely changed And his father tells him, you know, that his role in the family was to be the provider. And Dean said that, you know, he did provide for him financially. But, like, his dad said that he, you know, once his mother ended, excuse me, once his mother passed away, that um, their whole family dynamic was completely different. Because he didn't know how to be the mom that she was. And that she really held the whole family together and that he just really didn't know how to pick up from that. Like, he only knew how to be a provider and not a mother. And that's just what he did. Um, and then his dad starts getting frustrated with him and they're kind of going back and forth. And he tells Dean that he's got one foot stuck in the past and, like, you know, his dad, his dad walks out. Um, and then... Dean sort of like crumbles to the floor and you can just tell that he's like getting really emotional and frustrated. And it was just like a really, really sad dynamic to see in a family. Um, just like, I don't know. It's just sad to see a father and son not be able to come together and figure their stuff out. It was, it was really, really unfortunate. Um, Rachel, you know, after his dad walks out, Rachel tries to talk to Dean's dad, but he's, like, not really feeling it. They kind of sit down together, and she, you know, tells him that she's really grateful for, you know, inviting him to the inviting them to the home and being so gracious and giving her the feathers and all of that. And, you know, he starts to talk about his relationship with Dean, but he says, you know, he just gets up and was like, you know, I'm still kind of processing how mad Dean was at me. And then he walks away and he tells her that, you know, if, if things should go well with their relationship, she's more than welcome to come back to the home. But just as of right now, he, he was just like really overwhelmed. Um, it was just, yeah, it was, it was a really awkward meeting and I kind of wish that Rachel had listened to Dean more. I mean, I don't know what she could have done. Uh, she was going to have to go home with him anyway, but I, I don't know. I just think she maybe could have taken more of a back seat in terms of how they should heal. <laughs> because, you know, 11 years of pain after your mother passed away is not going to be fixed in front of the ABC cameras. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so after that, it was just kind of an emotional night and, uh, 
she goes inside to see Dean after his father walked away from her and he tells her that he knows he's falling for her and you know but just that he's overwhelmed by the situation but that he did love her um so yeah that was that was about it for um going back home with Dean it was a rocky situation for sure but we got through it gang <laughs> Finally, we're back in Dallas, which is Rachel's hometown, um, for the rose ceremony. Um, she says that she's falling for all of them, but she has to send somebody home. Um, as she is getting prepared for the rose ceremony, Chris walks into the hotel and he asks her, you know, what's so hard about the situation? And she says, you know, she really likes all of them. So he says, okay, well, let's just go one by one. And she, you know, tells Chris, how she kind of feels about each of them, um, and what she's hesitant about in terms of each of them. She says that she really likes Eric, but she's concerned about the fact that he's never been in love before. And if he's, uh, ready and able to take that next step, um, with Brian, I think she really liked him. I, I don't remember her having too much of a complaint in terms of him, um, Peter, obviously she was concerned with him having his wall up and, and, you know, just that she didn't want to be dating at the end of this, that she really wanted to have a proposal. Um, and of course with Dean, I think, you know, she's concerned about his age and maybe his family to a certain extent, but, but yeah, that she likes all the guys and that this is like a really hard situation for her. Um, she starts to cry and says that like, she understands that like this process is for her to find somebody that she loves, but she feels really selfish. And I think she, you know, she feels really bad about having to eliminate it, especially at this point, if you're really liking these guys, it, it, it can seem, I imagine, uh, you know, if you like the guys equally and you have to pick one, it could just be like a totally arbitrary reason. And then you could be like, well, shit now, I dropped this guy and maybe I should have really kept him. And, you know, what if things don't work out with the other guy? Um, so yeah, it was, you know, it was sad. Um, but we get to the rose ceremony and she gets a little emotional again and tells the guys how hard it is. Um, the first two roses go to Eric and Brian. And then we're of course down to Peter and Dean. And sadly we don't have any rose for Dean this week. And, um, you know, Rachel says that she underestimated how she was, she was going to feel at this point in the game or in the show and that she's not sure she's ready for the next step. Um, she said rather, she's not sure that Dean was ready for the next step. And Dean was like, but I told you, I loved you. And they didn't show this on TV unless I missed it. He said that she said that she loved him back. And you can tell that he's like genuinely really upset. And I wonder if, his family had to do with it, anything to do with it. And I think he probably wondered that too. Like he probably felt like, God, like if I had only just like, if we didn't have to go hometowns, like what could have happened? You know, um, it, it's sad because Dean, this is kind of like the first time we really saw like all aspects of Dean in terms of like him not being so happy go lucky all the time. And, and I think it was really real and it was really like, uh, relatable. Um, I mean, I can't relate to his family dynamic, but I, I can relate to him, you know, just having 
all sides to him. And, um, but yeah, I think he was probably very frustrated and just felt like, dang, if we just didn't have to go home, maybe things would have been different. Um, but you know, I, I'm going to rescind my diggy for bachelor hashtag in support and I'm going to give it to Dean. I think that might be a better fit. Uh, so yeah, but that that's it for us this week. That's it for me anyway. Um, yeah, if you guys want to hit me up, send me any questions or comments, you can email me at barrygoodpod at gmail.com. You can also feel free to follow me on Twitter at barrygoodpodcast or on Twitter at barrygoodpod. Um, I did tweet, excuse me, live tweet last night's episode, so... Maybe I'll be doing that a little bit more as, I mean, there are probably only three episodes left. <laughs> so maybe I'll do it before uh, the season's over. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week and seeing who gets eliminated from there. Um, see what happens when the guys actually meet her family and how that goes down. Because it looks like Brian might be starting to misbehave a little bit. So interested in that um yeah that's it for me have a great week and i will see you next week bye